Welcome to the Living Room Worship Podcast with your host, Crystal Luster. Join me in my living room right now so we can explore in a fresh way what worship looks like in everyday life. Greetings, my amazing, amazing listeners. I'm your host, Crystal Luster, and I want to welcome you to Living Room Worship. If this is your first time joining us, this is a safe place. If you are churched or unchurched, this is a safe place. We're just going to talk about the intersection between life, living life, everything that involves us living our lives, and where faith intersects with that. So um, before I get into what God has placed on my heart for this week's episode, I just want to encourage you, if you are a U.S. citizen, please go out and exercise your right to vote. It is vitally important that every vote be counted. If you are 18 or older and you are able to vote, exercise that right. It is our constitutional right. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what race, what ethnicity. It does not matter if you're a man or woman, if you don't identify as either. Whatever it is, you are a citizen of the United States and you have a right to vote. I'm not telling you who to vote for. I'm not telling you who I voted for. I am telling you that I voted and you should vote as well because your voice matters. Um, So now that we've gotten that out of the way, I'm going to dive in. And of course, I don't know what it is about these really good ones, right? Something always happens to the recording and I have to start all over again. And it was so good and I got all the way to the end and realized that it stopped recording and it made me so sad, but that's okay. It's gonna be even better this time around. So um, God has really been dealing with me about priorities this last week and um he kind of gave me this this illustration that jesus was outlining in luke chapter 11 and i just want to read a a short passage and just kind of share something that the lord gave me so uh luke 11 i'm reading from the, the passion translation starting at verse 37 it says after jesus finished saying this a jewish religious leader one of the separated ones asked him to come for, for a meal at his home when everyone had been seated at the table The religious leader noticed that Jesus hadn't performed the cleansing ritual before he began eating. He was shocked. The Lord said, you Pharisees are religiously strict to your customs and obsessed with the peripheral issues. You are like one who will wipe clean only the outside of a cup or bowl, leaving the inside filthy. You are foolish to ignore the greed and wickedness within you. Shouldn't the one who cleans the outside also be concerned with cleaning the inside? If you free your heart of greed, showing compassion and true generosity to the poor, you have more than clean hands. You will be clean within. You Pharisees are hopeless frauds, for you are obsessed with peripheral issues like paying meticulous tithes on the smallest herbs that grow in your gardens. These matters you should do. Yet when you unjustly treat others, you ignore the most important duty of all, to walk in the love of God, readjust your values, and place first things first. So just kind of breaking this text down in plain English, right? You got these, this Jewish religious leader. So there is an emphasis here on religious when it comes to religious leaders in the New Testament. Most of them that were brought up were really focused on religion, the legalistic ideology of rules to get into heaven or rules to be a Christian and not so much faith. It wasn't relationship-based, it was rule-based. And so the Jewish religious leaders were honestly enemies of Christ, right? As soon as they heard of Christ's coming, they were trying to kill him. They were trying to figure out ways to trip him up. 
Um, we got to get this guy. We got to stop this guy. He's tearing down everything that we've built up. You know, they were the ones in the fancy clothes and the, and the rings and in the status. They have the preferential treatment. And, you know, they're always talking about, well, you should do this or you should do this. But their hearts weren't really into worship. They were all for show. Right. And it, it really sets it up in these illustrations that Jesus uses with washing. And so this religious leader invites Jesus to dinner. Now, just imagine this for a second. This religious leader is essentially an enemy of Christ because they spent all of their all of their time trying to trip Christ up to figure out how they can, you know, get him arrested, get him get him hung on a cross. Right. So they're like, all right. Uh, come to come to dinner at my house and Jesus like cool like Jesus just like yeah I'll go to dinner with my enemy no problem and I believe that because Jesus is fully God and fully man he knew exactly what was going on so he gets there and he starts breaking bread now just imagine this for a second you know I've always religiously um, said prayer or said grace before my meals and yes it is a ritual that I've done since I was a kid but I earnestly am thankful for every piece of food that passes through my my body because I know that there are people that don't have food to eat and so I do give thanks um as we should the bible says that we should give thanks for the food that we eat and so I could just imagine like you know is Jesus gonna sit down and be like you know thank me for this food you know (laughs) but you know he sits down and he starts breaking bread and I believe Jesus was super intentional about this like I don't want to get into oh man well that's nasty why didn't Jesus wash his hands I don't think it was that. I think Jesus saw this as an opportunity because he knew the motives behind this religious leader and was like, I'm going to do something out of the ordinary to prove a point. They're going to set it up real nicely and it's going to give me the opportunity to speak on something that they need to hear about. So Jesus doesn't wash his hands. And then the religious leader clutches his pearls. He's shocked like, oh my gosh, dude, that's gross. And Jesus as eloquent and wonderful as he is i just i love jesus he's like you guys are so focused on all of the rules and regulations and the the duties that you that you do and you're obsessed with all the peripheral issues but you're not looking straight ahead at the point it's like you know you drove straight to the point and missed it you are like one who will wipe clean only the outside of a cup or bowl leaving the inside filthy you are foolish to ignore the greed and wickedness within you so think about this right if I had a bowl or a cup and I offered you something to drink and I only wiped clean the outside, whatever nasty bacteria that's been growing on the inside is now inside of your body. So am I really serving you if I'm only focused on that it looks good? Same thing with our, our hearts. You know, if we're doing all the right things on the outside, being nice or you know, wearing all the clothes, having all the different titles to our names and stuff like that, but our hearts are not really reflecting the love of God, what good does it do? Are we really, our motives aren't pure, so are we really doing any good to anyone? And so Jesus is using this as a moment to illustrate, like, you're focused on the wrong things. Yes, clean the outside of the bowl, but the inside needs cleaning too. He says, shouldn't the one who cleans the outside also be concerned with cleaning the inside? If you free your heart of greed, showing compassion and true generosity to the poor, you have more than clean hands. You will be clean within. And that's the goal there. That's something that is so important to consider is that 
we have to be focused on what's inside because what's inside is eternal. And so he goes on to say, you know, we're, we're focused on, or, or the, the Pharisees are obsessed with peripheral issues like paying meticulous tithes on the smallest herbs that grow in your garden. These matters you should do. So he's not saying like, don't do these things. Don't wash your hands or don't pay your tithes or, you know, don't go to church religiously or don't, you know, he's not saying these things. He's saying, yeah, do them. But when you unjustly treat others, you ignore the most important duty of all to walk in the love of God. He said, readjust your values and place first things first. So it's like, okay, yes, do all of these things on your checklist. But the first thing you need to be concerned about is walking in the love of God because out of that walk, out of that love will come everything else that you need to do and you'll do it with the right heart. So why am I bringing all that up? In a world of of COVID and the pandemic, people are obsessed with hand washing and sanitation. I know my husband has frequently called me the head of the Department of Sanitation because I sanitize everything. I've always been like that since way before this pandemic. It's just my way. And we're constantly looking for ways to stay to stay safe. More people now than probably before. And yet some are looking for ways to break out and go back to normal, which I get. You know, I've always been more of a homebody, but there are people like my husband who are restless being at home for this entire year. Here we are in October And most people have been home for nine months now. I mean, it's exhausting and nerve wracking and irritating and all those things. And I get it. It's it's frustrating to wear a mask all the time, which reminds me, please, people wear a mask. Practice social distancing is literally the least that you can do. I have family members who are sick right now with COVID. I've had friends who have passed away from COVID this year. Like it is real. And even if you don't believe it's real, the very least that you can do is wear a mask. It's still flu season too. Please wear a mask. Anyway, um, so how do we do that? How do we like look for ways to say to stay safe? And and how do we get back to normal, quote unquote, amid all the challenges that we're facing? How do we handle our responsibilities yet still prioritize the things that God wants us to focus on? How do we do these things? And you know, I was thinking it's funny. Jesus came to earth and spent most of his time healing sick people. He was literally surrounded by disease all the time. And he definitely focused his time on helping those people. Like that was a huge thing. You you are hard pressed to find a story in the New Testament that Jesus didn't stop and heal someone. He was constantly healing people. I mean, could you imagine constantly being around diseased people? And not like from a doctor's perspective, but just like, a dude walking the streets you know it's not like he had a a hospital that he was walking around with his white coat and his stethoscope he's like rowing on his boat and then he pulls up to shore and thousands of people show up and like half of them are sick and they're just like heal me heal me you know he's just he's just chilling minding his business and then boom there's like a line of people please heal me I want to see I want to you know hear I can't stand up I can't stop bleeding all these things And he was focused on helping them. Like he wanted to heal all people. However, the scripture shows us that he prioritized telling people about the kingdom of God, sharing the good news and transforming people from the inside out. His ultimate goal was saving souls, not just healing bodies. 
And it's important that we kind of look at that because what good would it do for him to save a body but lose the soul? I think sometimes we get so focused as humans, we're so focused on our on our earthly life here. But the thing that Jesus never lost sight of was eternal life. Jesus is always focused on the eternal because it lasts forever. Life here is fleeting. With every breath that we take, we're losing a bit of time. But God lives outside of time and he wants us to live with him outside of time in eternity. And so, yes, I can heal your body now. But if your heart isn't healed, if your soul isn't saved, what good will that do? If Christ ultimately wants to spend eternity with us because he loves us so much, that was the sole purpose of of Christ coming to reconcile us with the Lord so that we could spend eternity with him. What good would it do him to just heal somebody? You know, think about the woman with the issue of blood. When she, when he healed her, he's like, you know, go and your your sins have been forgiven, you know, go and, and sin no more. What if he just said, okay, you know, your faith has healed you, um, go in peace, do whatever you feel like doing. And she went out there, she was healed. And then she, I don't know, was a terrible person and didn't believe in God anymore just took the healing and ran so okay she lived in comfort for the rest of her days and then she doesn't go to heaven and spend eternity with a god who loves her like that doesn't do christ any good and so i bring this up because i've been thinking about how much has changed since covid i'm not going to church nearly as much as i normally would streaming is the new normal i'm sure everybody is you know, dealing with the challenges of not going to church or whatever it is that you normally would do, right? But since we're talking about religious things, that's something that I would religiously do is go to church. Or maybe, you know, you would go to a family dinner religiously on Sunday dinner, Sunday nights or something like that. I spend so much time personally just being transparent, cleaning incessantly, making sure I keep my distance from people, getting really irritated when people stand too close to me in the lines at the grocery store Or when people aren't wearing a mask and I have to ask for forgiveness for how irritated because I'm like snarling under my my mask like, dude, why are you so close to me? It's really gross. Like, you know, and I have to think about, okay, if Christ was literally surrounded by diseased people all the time, he didn't go like, ugh, get away. You know, he's like, how can I serve you? Not to say that I'm going to go up and, you know, just find whoever looks the sickliest and just like, hey, let me hug on you and, and kiss you and all that because I'm not Jesus. (laughs) But at the same time, it makes me think about my heart posture. I struggle personally with my spirit man fighting feelings of frustration with the people I'm supposed to serve and love. So reading this passage reminds me to readjust my values. It's like he says in that last verse that we have to readjust our values and put first things first. So yes, implement safety precautions and use caution in dealing with people to lower the risk of spreading disease. It's absolutely acceptable to do that. In addition, it's vital for us to remember that we're not just a human person living in the midst of a pandemic. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a Christ representative. So if I'm supposed to be like Jesus, then I need to be more concerned about how I serve others with my hands rather than how clean my hands are. I'm gonna say that one more time because it took me a couple times to really understand it. If I'm supposed to be like Jesus, then I need to be more concerned about how I serve others with my hands rather than how clean my hands are. Now, notice I said more concerned and not not concerned. 
we should be concerned with cleaning our hands because it helps to lower the spread of disease. But it shouldn't be the biggest focus. Our biggest focus should be service. Because at the end of the day, if we die today because of COVID or in 50 years because of natural body, you know, failure or whatever, we were never intended to be on earth forever. God's original intention was for us to live in eternity with him. We were never supposed to just be humans living in pain and and confusion and hurt and loss and all these different things forever. That's not his eternal plan for us. And so if you think about it, what good are clean hands if they don't also serve those in need? You can have the cleanest hands in the world, but if your heart is impure or if, if your hands are so clean that they're not doing work, what good is that? That doesn't get you anything. It makes me think of the another passage of scripture where Jesus is using the illustration of the, the talents, you know, and the guy gives, basically he gives investments to three people. Two of them go out and they, you know, invest those, those talents and, and get more money. They get more value for what they were given. They use those talents, but then the one guy, he is just like, well, I, I didn't want to, I don't want to lose it. So I just hit it. And here it is what you gave me. Everything's here. And just like, well, what good is that? You didn't add value to what I already gave you. What good are clean hands if they're not serving, if they're not adding value to other people? So I hope that this serves as a reminder to us all that God has called us to be wise and to make good decisions and to be kind and to seek justice and to be generous to the poor and to serve God and his kingdom and to walk in the love of God. We have to prioritize those things. So I hope that this was a good reminder for you as it was for me to put first things first. And I just want to pray really quickly. God, I thank you and I praise you for this opportunity to worship you in the living room, to apply your word to our everyday practical lives. Help help us to understand how we can use your word in our everyday lives to give you glory and to help others. Help us to have a heart posture that honors you. Help us to remember that no matter what ritual thing that we do, it's important that we keep a a heart that's pure before you. It's important that we, you know, aim to be clean on the inside and help us to know what that really looks like. Loving and, and walking in the love of God, serving people and being kind, being genuine, you know, being repentive because your word says that a broken and a contrite heart, a repentive heart, you won't refuse. So when we mess up, we can come to you, but we just, we have to humble ourselves. Help us to remember those things. And I just continue to pray for the the strength and the the healing and protection of all your people. I thank you for everyone listening, whatever they're going through, Lord, help them to know that you're with them and that you love them, that you see them, that you hear them, and that they are so special to you and that your thoughts toward them are tender. And um, in Jesus name, we give you glory and honor. Amen. I just want to thank you so much for tuning in. I can't wait to share with you whatever God lays on my heart in the next episode. Definitely connect with me. I love hearing from every one of my listeners. Um, you can find me on all social media platforms at Crystal Luster. That's spelled C-H-R-I-S-T-A-L, Luster, L-U-S-T-E-R. Or you can visit my brand new website that I launched just a few weeks ago, CrystalLuster.com. I'll talk to you guys soon. Have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to connect with you. Find me on social media at Crystal Luster. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-A-L-L-U-S-T-E-R. So we can support each other in this life journey. And please, please leave a review for my podcast. 
I truly value your support. Until next time, say it with me. I am loved, I am destined for greatness, and I have the capacity to worship intimately. Have an amazing week. I'll see you next time.